Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Everyone, welcome to Dungeon Crawlers. We have author Erica Lewis on to talk about her book, Game of Shadows, which we already know Scott is just like, his jaw is dropped. He's drooling over the cover already. He hasn't even read anything. Over the cover. Okay, I don't know why. I like the ghostly image that's that's chasing him on the horse. For those of you who can't see it, go look at it. It'll be on our... It'll be yeah, on we'll our post it yeah. on our page. Yeah. And, yeah. and Scott loves Ghostbusters, so... It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, well, who doesn't love Ghostbusters? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Yeah. But no, it's just like the, the, the art is beautiful, and I, I really want to know more about the sword that he's holding, because that's got to be really powerful if it's going to take on whatever the heck is chasing him, so, you know. So let's oh, ask... Well. Let's <laughs> ask that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the book. Uh, and why well, Stan Lee felt that it could not be... Hold on, let's see. It is a written okay. page-turner that's impossible to put down. He did. Wasn't that nice? That it was is. Nice. It was super yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's super awesome. I was so excited when he gave that blurb. Um, yeah, so this story is about a guy named Ethan Mackay, and he's a freshman at Venice High School. Um, of course, it had to start out here in Los Angeles, which is where I'm from. Uh, and uh, he's tormented by the fact that he sees ghosts. They drive him nuts. And even further, he's tormented by the fact that his mother doesn't ever allow him to talk about it. Um, so uh, he um, looks like a, basically a nutcase to all of his friends all the time because he's trying to run away from things that are chasing him and trying to talk to him. Um, and he can't talk about it. And his mother is slightly... Um, Let's just overprotective. Um, I had an overprotective mother, but Ethan's mother goes to an extreme. He literally cannot walk out the door with, without her behind him. I uh, can't get a moment alone, and he's not a kid anymore, so he's kind of had enough. So when we meet him, uh, he's at that moment where he's going to break, and he does. He literally breaks out of the apartment and leaves by himself, uh, basically just to walk to school. Um, but that one little move uh basically um ruins everything for him because his mother's kidnapped his his everything that they have is just trashed and uh what he comes to find out is that his mother has been lying to him all these years and um she's not actually an irish immigrant she's from a hidden continent on earth called terra and um uh she's now been kidnapped and uh, he's got to go find her Wow. Jeez. I, I, that's a, 
I love this. The the story behind it, that's... I mean, everyone has had that moment, especially in their young life, where it's like, okay, I want to break out on my own. I want to be my own person. But I I'm, never go off to a hidden continent. I'm done with my parents. <laughs> but going to a hidden continent is awesome. Well, he has to go find her because he's, you know, first of all, it, he feels like it's his fault, which it is, that yeah. she was kidnapped. Um, and then second of all, um, his whole destiny is in this hidden continent. The hidden continent is actually, the, the book itself is all set in Celtic mythology. Nice. Um, I so I, I went on a, um, a semester abroad and uh, I was in London, but I don't know. Uh, this is, you know, almost 20 plus years ago at this point. And when I was living in London, I don't know how often you guys have ever been to London at that time. There was no cold beer anywhere. It was just warm beer everywhere. It was disgusting. So we used to always try and like make a destination for ourselves of finding the next cold beer. And eventually we made our way to Ireland because all of the beer is cold in Ireland, <laughs> which is awesome. So when we got to Ireland, um, I kind of fell in love uh, with everything about the place. Um, there's such an incredible history that you can see and touch and feel. And um, there's an actual place called the Hill of Tara, which is what was the Celtic seat of power back in the day. So imagine this the mythological cycle, as they call it, um, way back in the day when the, the gods and goddesses that they called the Tuatha Dé Danann walked the Emerald Isle. This was where their high kings lived, their druids, their everything. And they had all these weird mythical races. Um, and they all vanished along the same time that the these gods and goddesses supposedly left through the fairy mounds there. Um, and I always ask the question, I'm like, well, where the heck did they go? I mean, they just kind of vanished. So I came up with this idea to do a modern take on where they went. And that's what Tara is. Okay, okay. So it's it's not necessarily... It, it's kind of like the, the uh, an Atlantis-type situation, except it didn't sink. It's just lost. How large it's, is Tara in comparison uh, to, like... Uh, it's... it's it, imagine something twice the size of Ireland. It's not very big. Okay, okay. So it's yeah. a smaller... It's not in Australia. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. But it's still big if it's twice the size of Ireland. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. but something the size of Australia would be very difficult to cross in one book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, yeah. but I love that idea of the mythology and, and the mythos that you're, that you're getting to play in. Um, so can I ask, like, does he find these, these lost creatures, these lost races, or... Uh... Oh, yeah, he's brought back there, and they're not, they're not, they don't, they're not lost, they're hidden. So, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> in, in the mythology, they know very well the human world. They have spies here, they are, um, they're, you know, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but they're, you'll, you'll start walking down the street looking at crows very differently after you <laughs> read the book. Um, it's it's uh there the Irish god of the sea basically sailed these mythical races and magical druids to this hidden continent. Well, it was a continent that he hid, I should say, and uh, he did that because in at the time in Ireland when they were all departing through the fairy mounds, they lost the race. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the, they lost the war to the humans, which is a true part of Irish history. If um, basically they went to this thing they called the 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 other world with a capital O um, through these fairy mounds. And uh, so they're all still here. They do have portals to get back out 
of this hidden continent into our world, which is how Ethan and his mother got to, to California. Um, but they don't do it very often. And it takes a lot of, uh, it, it takes a quite a, a catastrophic oath um, of secrecy if you, uh, if you breathe a word of it. Wow. So. I have to say, I love the fact that you're going into Celtic lore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Scottish, I'm and Irish, I'm a weird blend of redhead. Um, but, you know, I've always loved the lore there, and just the people there is fascinating. So I love the fact you brought that in. And the retelling of this is just fantastic. So, I mean, where did this idea begin? Because it, it started somewhere, you know, it was a little spark, and then it grew and grew and grew. So what, where were you at that point where that idea kind of sparked to life? Darn, well, I'm it, oh, no, no, what? No, 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 no. I'm excited. I'm excited. I just can't. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. No, no, I'm sorry. So, well, when we got to Ireland, um, it was it was kind of a funny experience because uh, I I was always the person dragging us to different um, ruins and and any kind of craziness that we could find. And we did go to the Hill of Tara and walk around and. Um, when I came back to L, uh, well, I shouldn't say I came back to LA. When I came back to, to to college and then finished college and then moved out here, I started working in the business, and I knew I wanted to bring this uh, these old Celtic legends alive to people like nobody here in the U.S. Very few people know anything about it. Um, even people in Ireland <laughs> at the time probably don't even know about it because it's it's like history class for them, and it, it's as old as Greek mythology. Um, it's, it's, it's in, in the stories, uh, the, the, the real legends that they wrote are insane. They're, they're so cool. So I knew I wanted to do that. So, I, but I also am just secretly, well, it won't be much of a secret anymore. I'm obsessed with ghosts. I'm totally obsessed with ghosts. Yeah, so is okay. so Scott. Right. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, there's somebody else in the room who is too. Awesome. Um, I, I don't know why, but I always have been. I think it was because I grew up um, in Virginia in an area that was uh, basically a big Civil War batter, battleground. And I, I just kept seeing, feeling like there were just ghosts everywhere. And, and then I got really curious about them. So, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to tell a story about a kid who could see ghosts. And as I started to do real research, let me call it that, um, studying a lot more about uh, Irish history and their, and these legends, reading a lot of them, there's obviously a ton of ghost stories and things to mix in and the way they think about things between life and death and the other world having their, you know, kind of just like with Greek mythology, having Hades, they have their own version of that. So, you know, it's... Um, it was it was just like it was the best of all worlds. And I also wanted to talk about the idea of a young adult who could who actually saw death, because the thing about the Celts is they were badass warriors. I mean, they just loved to hack each other to pieces. They were always interfighting with each other. The clans could never get along. Um, and and ultimately, uh, if if you have this one kid who's kind of sensitive and, and eventually he's sort of moving his way up the ladder to, to leading the charge, it's 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 a kid who understands death in a way that that 
none of us do. And I mean, the idea that you can actually see the great divide and, and how it permanently separates people and, and, and maybe give them a little bit of reassurance about things. And then to pick up a sword and have to drive it through somebody's body who's trying to kill you that, you know, it's still impactful, literally and figuratively. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no it, it sounds amazing. It sounds incredible. Like I, I love that concept of actually seeing, well, okay. No, I, I'm going to take that back. I don't love that concept because I don't want that. Um, you don't want to see you don't ghosts? Want to, you don't want to be impaled? Really? I don't want to see ghosts. I don't want to... to no, that's that's a little much. When other me. people can't, I feel like that is a scary thing. If you uh, had that power and other people couldn't, I mean, no one would believe you. Well, most people wouldn't believe you. You'd hope you'd have some people that would. You'd be yeah. like that little kid on Sixth Sense. I see dead people. Yeah, you need yeah. to find Bruce Willis, Scott. That's yeah. who you need to find. <laughs> yeah, dead, yeah. too! <laughs> You get a show on sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fine. Um, I don't know, though. There is something cool about the idea of... I mean, have any of you thought you've ever seen a ghost? Or felt a ghost? I have, but like, that yeah. sounds so terrifying because I don't want to admit it because I'm like, if that really was a ghost, then that means, I don't know. Uh-huh. Are they harmful ghosts? If they're nice ghosts, then I guess I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen... I'll admit freely, I've seen something that I believe yeah. was a ghost. I've seen something that I believe was some sort of creature uh, that I... Cannot explain, and I welcome an explanation to what I saw. Um, but yeah. I, I'm grateful that I don't see that constantly. Like it's something that you almost have to be in that situation, um, mm-hmm. and you have a chance to turn it off. You have a chance to step away from it. Like you know, the sunlight comes out, and oh look, it's a happy day. You know, you have that that mm-hmm. that, that cleansing, that that freedom, um, and it's not yeah. a daily thing. You know. Yeah, and honestly, you know, it's it's a it's a hard line because you know we've all probably lost people in our lives, but then the idea that the room, and you know, I, I lost my grandmother, but I don't know if I wanted her showing up you know, every five seconds in different places. It would be kind of weird, yeah. I think, actually, to see ghosts all the time. But I don't know. I, I I've had some weird experiences, um, just. Uh, Strange things that would happen, you know, things being moved when I was yeah. young and lights being turned on and off and areas in the house that were way colder than they should have been. And hey, that was that my kind bedroom. Of stuff. Yep. Yeah, no. And do these experiences come through in the book, then? Uh, they do. Ethan's more acute to it because, unfortunately for him, when ghosts are around, he literally looks like he's having an epileptic fit. Like he's on the ground and it's just there they, cause they just, they, they sense that he can hear them and, you know, imagine being a ghost trapped, you know, here, you know, wherever, mm-hmm. and you can't, you know, you, nobody talks to you. You walk up to a stranger on the street and they're just walking right through you. It's like the worst experience ever. So as soon as they figure out that Ethan can hear, uh, that, you know, the slightest little twitch in his eyes, they, they know, and they just go gravitate right towards him and he starts shivering to death in front of all of his friends and people who are not so nice to him and yeah. you know it's not easy they're just they're just bombarding him yeah well yeah you know they want to be heard i think yeah. they're looking you know he, he even explains it he's like you know i i don't know what to say to them you know a lot of times you you know imagine being the kid in the sixth sense you know he was really young but at this point ethan's older and and as you'll come to find out, he's not the only one in his family who's been through this. So he gets some good salient advice from his mother when he can nice. about how to deal with it. Wow. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine no. how, how to deal with that. But at the same time, 
way to grab a listener and a reader. I mean, I got. I need to read the book now. Oh, I mean, I'm it's, so glad. It's All like right, everybody to Amazon. I know. It's like how the heck do do how, what happens? How does he overcome this? And what challenges? Yeah, you you hooked me. Uh, well, we already know you hooked uh, yeah, Scott, Scott just from the cover. Already, so. <laughs> well, I, I'm also intrigued about how you you mix the uh, the ghosts with the, the the lost continent. Like both of those two things combined is. That's what's got me right now. Like, how do you combine those two while still telling a, a, a stable story? Because they're just such separate elements. But, but it sounds like well, you have an idea of how you're bringing them together. So I, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by. I really and want hopefully to find it out. doesn't give away too much of the story. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about it I'm is I'm not asking. That it's, I'm just saying. I'm intrigued. That's all. <laughs> it's, it's connected to something Celtic, um, and it it actually is even bigger than just seeing ghosts. Yeah. But it's not something that he has any idea of who and what it is. I mean, when you meet Ethan, he doesn't even he his father to him is dead. He doesn't he he's been told that he's dead. There's a lot of th- nothing in his life is as it seems, and. Um, you know, when he gets there, you know, fortunately for him, he, he does meet a couple of people, which I can give away, which is not a problem. Um, he meets a, a cousin he didn't know he had, Christian Mackay, um, an older cousin who is very well skilled and trained with a sword and in battle and um, kind of frightening at first. But um, they eventually come to be really close. And, uh, and Lily Niles, the, the, the girl of his dreams, the beautiful girl who's about to kick his ass every time. <laughs> she, she is a a very strong-willed, very um, uh, so she she kicks Ethan exactly when he needs it the most, and uh, and she in turn um, has something very drastic change in her with his return to um, to Tara and his uh, and his home which is called Landover inside the book if you open the cover there's a map because all good fantasy stories have to have a map yeah Scott's so, been staring at it for the last right. little while <laughs> leave me alone so, so, a, so Landover is where he's from and wow. uh, so is Lily so so is this a standalone book or are there going to be more there are going to be more I, I actually um you know, we're just we're still working out how many. I just actually uh, finished up the long form outline for the second book, um, which at the end of this book is. Um, so there's already a, a, a kickoff point for you there to bring you back. Um, so, but we don't know exactly how many yet. I uh, we haven't. Fig- I mean, I have figured that out, but I haven't sat down and had that conversation with my publisher yet. So. Well, I mean, definitely a trilogy would be awesome. If it ends up being six or seven books, I'm not going to complain. I, I know Scott isn't either. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind six or seven myself. That would yeah, be fun. That would I could be. write this world forever. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. Now, so because you had the mythology to work on, is the mm-hmm. you know the land of Terra, is a lot of that your own creation? Or um, is a lot of it because of the mythology that you had? Well, it, it, it's kind of both. Um, okay. The number of territories was was definite and distinct. Um, the uh, the races that used to, at least that were um, uh, mythologically told to have existed, were these things like Folads, which were these non shape shifting werewolves, and Fomorians, which were 
um, these uh, giant race of people that the high kings were always fighting, like Lou, the sun god, who was one of the high kings. Yeah. He um, was always fighting King Baylor. And so these um, each of those different uh I don't know. I don't want to call them species because they're people to me. That would be rude. But the, the, each of them deserve their own uh, <clears throat> territory. And truthfully, just like in Ireland um, in the past, they would have separated rather than living together. And so in each of the different um, territories, uh, other than Landover, Landover, you do find some of the other um, races living there, but but all of the rest of them are very well divided. And then uh, Talia is an island of ravens, and Cantalan is an island of catchy, which are shape-shifting cats, but mm. pan- panther-sized cats. Sweet. Ah, uh, scary. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Sweet. That's terrifying. That's not terrifying. That's <laughs> awesome. Panther-sized cat. cat. My cat loves me, no, but no I'm sure that anybody. if he was a panther size, he would okay. eat me. Okay, well, I, I'm just going back to the fact that she has a qu- author quote from R.A. Salvatore, and he's got a <laughs> giant black panther in his. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yes, yes. I love his books. Yeah, as do I. Bob is yes. a wonderful writer. I love the Dritt series. I've I've also read, you know, like the Crimson Sword, uh, or mm-hmm. all that stuff. Fun, great He's guy. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's a really good guy. Actually, he, um, he he he's been out here. I've seen him recently. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, that's yes. awesome. Out in California. Yes, because so. he's normally in Boston and doesn't he leave. Is. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah. no, so do you, I'm assuming you know him then? Uh, you know, I'm, I met him a couple of times. I do. I, I, when I'm not writing books, I'm actually, I work in television. Okay. So, um, uh, a very long time ago, uh, well, I guess it wasn't that long ago. We, uh, the company I had been working with optioned, um, one of, uh, the, one of the ones you mentioned, I'm not sure if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but one of the properties you mentioned uh, to make it into a TV show, it didn't end up oh, okay. moving forward through no fault of ours, but it was uh, yeah. it was a great project, and, and I got to work with Bob on that project, and, and so we've, we've kept in touch a little bit over the years. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. That, that brings up a really good question. Why did you move from the television format, the world of TV, to writing then? Well... I, you know, I had always uh, been writing, but okay. I, I hadn't, I, I had, my job, it's a, it's a very hard job to explain what you do when somebody asks you, because I was what they called a development executive, and I swear my mother thought I was just like paid to sit at a desk, because it, it didn't make any sense, like what does a development executive do, so my job was to read scripts. Mm-hmm. And decide if they were good TV shows or not, or read a property, or take a pitch from someone. I want um, that job. I'm just saying. Do you need an assistant? Was, Do you need an assistant? I'm just asking, job. just hypothetically speaking. <laughs> it was a fantastic job, and I worked for a bunch of the networks out here. But about ten years ago, and yes, if you want a job as an assistant, I'm more than happy to have help. Well, <laughs> that, um, you just made Scott's day. Um, I don't know why, but, but I'm doing the touchdown movement. <laughs> I've never but, done this before. 
but it, it, it got to a place where I wanted to start writing my own stuff because I was always working on other people's material. And then when it would get on the air, my job was just to make sure that, you know, for the network or studio, it had continuity and, and the notes that the network had were being made or whatever. And so I wanted to write something of my own. Um, and I, I do work uh, in both um, television and actually in comics as well. Oh. I, write, I write comics, but um, this is this is. I, I really wanted to tackle this story as a novel. So I, after writing some really bad ones that were in a drawer, I did a lot of uh, educational work, I should say, and then um, sat down and wrote this one and was uh, was much happier with it. <laughs> Nice, nice. That so. makes me feel better about the stuff that I write. That maybe it's just educational, and then it'll reside in a drawer where no one will ever have to make fun of the okay, so horribleness. TV. You've written yeah. a book, and you've done comics. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. actually, uh, uh, I have a, a comic series right now that's on Webtoon, um, which is really fun, called Firebrand. Okay. Uh, and then. Uh, um, another one that I've written called The 49th Key that comes out in July. That's a graphic novel. Nice. So yeah. besides those two, what other comics have you worked on? Uh, other than those? Um, well, I, there are a couple of them I've written, but they haven't been announced yet. Okay, uh, so I haven't written for other people's material. Like I haven't written for Marvel. Okay. Um, although there is a particular property I've been bugging them about that I'd like to do. <laughs> <laughs> But I haven't gotten a yes on that yet. Maybe you can call them up and yell at them for me. Oh, yeah, we're good friends with Marvel, so we'll Is that okay? Could you just call yeah. sure. Marvel and tell Marvel I'd like to Okay, <laughs> so blood everyone out to. there, everyone out there listening. <laughs> send Marvel an email. Send Marvel an email. Like, Erica let's Lewis bombard. has a property that we need to get pushed through. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. One of their great characters. Um, but, yeah, but you know, this, this book and this world... Uh, was you know five years I guess in the making so I'm just so excited it's finally coming out and the world gets to see it so all right I- I'm gonna ask the That's big exciting. question let's uh, just say by random chance there's some studio out there that reads this wants to make this a movie who would be your pick for the main character well picking Ethan not he doesn't have, you know he's he's 14 and by the time the book ends he's 15 so okay. that that might be kind of hard but there are uh it's funny playing his mother this is actually a really funny story so as i was going through copy edit um ethan's mother's name was really not working for me and it was just sounded too european it wasn't what i wanted and i started um i was looking online online for some um uh, some Irish names and a video popped up of Katrina Balfe, who is this one of the stars of Outlander, mm-hmm. and she is Irish and her name is uh, such a strange spelling. And I started to do a little research with her name, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "This is it's it's Gaelic. It's very old. It's um, it goes way back, and it's the perfect name for Ethan's mother." And ironically. She looks a lot like Katrina Balfe. So I guess if I was going to cast somebody for Katrina, it would be her namesake. Um, And uh, and then there were a couple other characters. The bad guy, who's Sonny Bean. Um, I could completely see... um, Oh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, God, I could... uh, Colin Firth. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. Sticky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Colin Firth would be the great, a great bad guy in this. Um, and then there's another character, but it'll give a spoiler out. Do you guys care? I don't know. Well, do you want to I love spoilers, but if you don't want to give a spoiler away, then I don't know well, if I would. Okay. Well, I don't know if it matters so much, but Ethan, uh, Ethan's dad. Um, uh, and I think sticking to the Irish theme here, it would definitely be Michael Fassbender. Oh. So. oh. That yeah. sound awesome. So <laughs> I want to see this movie. I was like, all right, now let's get to the Done. movie. Are we ready? <laughs> Colin, I was sold with Colin Firth. Now I'm, it's just like you threw me over the fence with Michael Fassbender. Wow. Yeah. All right. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong. The book is already out, correct? No, the book nope. doesn't come out no. until next week on That's the right. 28th. 28th, sorry. I, yeah. My page blinked out on me, so so this will be out on the 28th. But people can pre-order now. You can pre-order uh, on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, seriously, the listeners need to go out. Just looking at the cover, I, I know the saying is don't judge a book by its cover, but holy cow. It you, is a great cover. You'll see this cover and you'll want to get it. Besides the fact, uh, we had this wonderful conversation, and they heard all this really cool stuff. And Okay, I was intrigued by the cover, but I wasn't sold until, until the conversation. Yeah. So. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad I could tell you. <laughs> and, and then you're going to go through this book, and you're going to know, hey, that's Michael Fassbender, and that's Colin Firth. And then you have this mental image in your head of who these people are. You know, you keep saying Colin Firth. I think you meant, did I say Colin Firth or Colin Farrell? You did say Colin Firth. You said Firth. Oh, I meant Colin Farrell. Now I feel like bad no. for Colin Firth because that was really not fair. No, that's but okay. I meant Colin Farrell. <laughs> Colin Farrell's still awesome too. I do love both. Yeah. I mean, yes. we, we did see yeah, him. But, but Colin Firth's not Irish. Yeah. Um, we did see cool. him, in, you know, kind of playing a bad guy in the, uh, you know, that new Harry Potter movie. So plus he was um, also bullseye in that horrible Daredevil movie. No, that was Colin. Uh, that Farrell. was Colin Farrell. Yeah, Carl, Colin Farrell. See? That's who I'm talking about. That's who I'm <laughs> talking about. All right, I'm getting confused. We're getting confused, though. No, that's okay. <laughs> We're all confused. confused. Yay. All right. So, all right, so the book comes out. Yeah. Future projects on on the way. Now, are, yep. do you have any signings, or will you be attending any conventions anytime soon? Yeah, a ton of stuff. Um, we start next week on the 28th at Books of Wonder in New York. Nice. And uh, joined by some other great authors, which I'm really excited about. And then... Um, Festival-wise, I've got a whole tour uh, plotted out for the entire month of March to different cities, but we're definitely at the Tucson Book Festival, which I'm really excited about, and then the Teen Book Con, which is in Houston, uh, at the end of the month. Um, I'm hitting all kinds of cities. Let's see. Uh, they're all up on my website, ericalewis.com, but uh, Portland, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, uh, San Diego, uh, nice. Tucson, Scottsdale—it's—it's uh, it's all. It's—it's it's mostly Midwest to West. Um, okay. Only New York on the East Coast right now, though. All right. Well, for those of our listeners that maybe you're one of those cities, or you're wondering if you are one of those cities that Erica is going to be stopping at, check her website. Luckily, we already know what that is because that's ericalewis.com, and see if. You can stop by and pick up a copy of this book and get it autographed because who doesn't want their book autographed? You coming to Utah yes, anytime please. soon? Is that a... Coming where? To Utah anytime soon. I would love to come to Utah. You guys have the best skiing ever. I know. Um, <laughs> better do it quick. It's uh, Okay. 
Quick. It's melting no. fast. Yeah. Is yeah. it really? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's depressing. Well, um, that's okay. I, that's okay. It'll be back. And then it'll melt. I will, and it'll be back. I will hit them up. But do you guys ever come to, like, San Diego Comic-Con or... Yes. We have... Yes. Yes. Well, I, I'm always there. All right. I'll be there this year, too. So... Well, we right. will have to stop by Definitely. and say hi. So, Please. thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. And everyone, run out and buy a copy. Pre-order. Thank- go get a copy. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You as well. And with that said, folks, it's a wrap. So check out Erica Lewis and her amazing new book, Game of Shadows, and we'll catch you next time. It's Morphin' Time. Nailed it. First try.